Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yo, yo, yo! It's going to be a good hour, folks. I promise you that. We have the former commissioner of baseball saying what he thinks of the current guy moving the All-Star game. And he's he claps back. He's on blast. What are some of those other hipster terms I should have, Sean? Owns. He, he owns That's a good him. One, yeah. He owns him. Plus, you know, Sacre Bleu, Vive la France. France is investigating a chain of secret restaurants that stayed open for the elites, including government ministers, during the lockdown. It's our first international Gavi Award. And that was Jack. in France, you said? Yes, yes. Wow. Didn't you notice me throwing around French phrases, phrases like I know any more than that? <laughs> France, France is locked down for the third time where they're not allowing any domestic travel. You can't travel around in France. Unless you're the elite. Well, yeah. yeah that's the way it always works. And finally, panhandler. Aggressive, angry, obscene, threatening panhandler bothers a guy. Guy decides to take him on and ruin his hustle. It's an amusing and troubling story. Stay with us. So we've heard how many times the president and others, but it's most troubling that the president says that Joe Biden throw around the whole Jim Crow thing about Georgia. Worse than Jim Crow, it's Jim Eagle, whatever. 53, I think. It is reassuring to see that... Uh for-profit operations and businesses are speaking up about how these new Jim Crow laws are just antithetical to who we are. I think it's a very tough decision for a corporation to make. Wow. Well, and so he's still doing that, and he has said on numerous occasions, which I wish we had right now, clips of him saying it's worse than Jim Crow. It's like Jim Eagle. This, this makes Jim, Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. This is Jim Crow on steroids. He has said multiple times, even since he's been called out by the Washington Post, for a couple of the main points he makes being complete lies. 100% factually untrue. I, I can't believe he's doing this. I really can't. I did not at all expect Joe, Joe Biden to do this. I know. It's shocking. It's disappointing. But one of the reasons it's so awful is that the Jim Crow South was terrible. It was an Awful thing that we've done in this country. We well, I know, f- and that Georgia laws are worse. Let's find out about it. <laughs> okay. So uh, I went through a bunch of books last night. One of the books sent me to this um, website in particular that's dedicated to Jim Crow stuff, and I thought it was a pretty succinct way to get into it. An explanation, in case you don't know. From about 1900 to 1965, when we passed the Voting uh, Rights Acts, most African Americans were not allowed to vote in the South. Not yeah, yeah, you had to stand in line longer, or 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 somebody from your party wasn't going to hand you a bottle of water, but you just didn't get the vote at all. This was especially true in the Deep South, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina. White people in power used many methods to keep African Americans from voting. Some of these methods also prevented poor white people from voting, but that doesn't get mentioned very often, but it's very true. Eight ways that people were kept from voting. We'll run through a couple of them. Number one, violence. Blacks who tried to vote were threatened beaten and killed their families were also harmed sometimes their homes were burned down often they lost their jobs or were just thrown off their farms if your employer found out that you'd voted you'd lose your job and hopefully word would get around hey you don't want to vote you'll lose your job whites used violence to intimidate blacks and prevent them from even thinking about voting still some blacks passed the requirements to vote and took the risk 
Some whites used violence to punish those uppity people and show them other and show other blacks what would happen to them if they voted. They also used literacy tests. Today, almost all adults can read, but a hundred years ago, many people, black and white, were illiterate. So most illiterate people were not allowed to vote, and they they knew that if they had a literacy test, that it would mostly fall on blacks. A few were allowed if they could understand what was read to them. White officials usually claimed that whites could understand what was read to them, but blacks were not understanding it appropriately, so you got sent home without voting. Property tests in the South 100 years ago, many states allowed only property owners to vote. Many blacks and whites had no property and could not vote, and that continued for decades after that. People could not read, people who could not read and owned no property were allowed to vote if their fathers or grandfathers had voted before 1867. Of course, no blacks could vote before 1867, so the grandfather clause worked only for whites, and that was a, another layer of you're not going to be able to vote. Mm-hmm. Um, they had all white primary elections. I did not, this one I was unaware of. In the United States, for a long time in the Deep South, they had all white primary elections. The, uh, States were almost entirely democratic. So it'd be like if you, um, you know, pick a state that's all blue, like California. It would be like, I'm not allowed to vote at all in uh, any blue contest, any Democrat contest. I can only vote in a Republican contest that has no chance of winning. So I have no say in the only party that's ever going to win. Right. So yeah. only whites could vote in the primaries, and whoever won the primary was going to win the state automatically. You understand how that works in one-party states. And uh, that was another layer of blacks could never vote. Uh, purges from time to time. White officials purged the voting rolls. That means they took people's names off the official lists of voters. Some voters would arrive at the polls and find they were not registered to vote. Often they could not register to vote again until after the election. Purges more often uh, were appointed at blacks and whites. Former prisoners, people who had gone to prison were not allowed to vote. Blacks were often arrested on trumped-up charges for minor offenses if white owners in the county needed people to work in the mines, people to work on the farms, people work on the factories. They would arrest a whole bunch of black people back when you were when prisons put people to work, and then they would get free labor from the local prison. So when you were short on labor, they would just arrest a whole bunch of black dudes, make them work at the place, and you weren't allowed to uh, vote then because you had uh, been in prison. Wow. For no reason. Wow. And then and Georgia's th- doing this and worse? No, what, is that Georgia's what doing is? significantly worse than all this stuff. According to Joe Biden. And poll taxes in southern states, people had to pay a tax to vote. The taxes were about $25 to $50 in today's money. But the poorest of the poor, there's no way they could possibly afford it, especially for their whole family, and never got to vote. And the, I'm guessing that uh, somehow the, uh, the racists who perpetrated this got their money back anyway it was just they weren't even charged and uh and if you want to be up all night long read about the violence when they talk about violence the lynchings the beatings the dragging behind vehicles just just rape just absolutely awful to make the point you don't vote in this town you don't vote in this county it's just awful and that went on for decade after decade after decade to where you had one race that was beaten down enough that they just the smart thing was to not try if you wanted to not die or get raped or get beaten or get to keep a job if you wanted to have a chance to raise a family and have some food in your belly you just didn't even try to vote and as we've made the point if joe biden were to say this is worse than the holocaust the world would rise up and castigate him. They they just blast him. That's an unforgivable thing to say because it trivializes the Holocaust. And yet he and his cronies have trivialized to the point of it's like a joke what Jack was just describing. And our just our, our indefensible media 
lets him get away with it. Oh, it's such a terrible thing to say that it's yeah. worse than Jim Crow. Oh, yeah. my goodness. This Wait, makes Rob. Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. And nobody's going to call him on that. How, how is he not in a situation where somebody raises their hand from the media and says, because that was in a press conference, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You run through a list of what Jim Crow laws were. Are you saying what's happening in Georgia now is worse than that? Hanging people outside of town so that any black person coming into town would realize, oh, maybe I'd better not vote and head back home. Literally, that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know. I know. How do Republicans win even a single election with virtually the entirety of the media on the other side willing to cover up something as egregious and horrifying as this? It's really kind of sickening. Ay, ay, ay. And here's what's worse than Jim Crow. They eliminated signature matching because that's subjective at times. And now to get an absentee uh, ballot, you need to show an ID, like a driver's license or a state ID. But poor people are more likely to not have an ID. Okay, no problem. How about, uh, uh, where is it? Uh, The last four digits of your social security number, which everybody has. How about a utility bill? You don't have that? How about a bank statement? Not handy? How about a government check? No government checks? How about your paycheck? Or how about any other government document, anything, with your name or address on it? That is worse than hanging a black person at the edge of town to warn the others not to vote, Mr. President. Such an outlandish thing to say and then get away with. It's, I don't know, it's interesting. Interesting to see, to, to watch how this is going to play out over time. You want to hear something hilarious? I mean, it's, it's horrifying, but hilarious. It's, uh, it's horrifarious. Um, this is, uh, New York Times, David Leonhardt. Good morning. We sort through the heated debate over Georgia's new voting law. And I was thinking, oh, okay. New York Times is going to do some actual journalism. What's in it? What's not in it? Georgia's new voting law has inspired a heated national debate. Uh, debate. He mentions Biden, Republicans, etc. This morning, I want to try to clarify the fight by focusing on a few overarching points. The Georgia law is part of an ongoing effort by the Republican Party to make voting more difficult, mostly because Republicans believe they win when turnout is low. There is no accurate way to describe this effort other than anti-democratic. <laughs> That's that's his fear, fair and even-handed analysis. That's just beautiful. And at no point, I read the whole thing, at no point does he point out that there is nothing in the Georgia law, not a single aspect of it, that is not shared by multiple other states, most of which are as blue as the deep blue ocean. Just right. utter dishonesty. So the piece in the USA Today, um, uh, opinion piece by a guy who blasts Republicans um, this, uh, for, for claiming the state's last election was, you know, stolen and that all that sort of stuff, um, also says um, uh, it remains more liberal. Georgia remains more liberal than many states run by Democrats, mm-hmm. as you just said. Yep. Uh, for instance, there are more days of early voting or no excuse absentee voting. Nobody is suggesting a boycott of New York or Delaware. So he blasts uh, the Republicans for claiming that they needed to change the rules because the state was stolen, because that you know leads people to not have belief in their in their uh, voting. But right. also blasts the left who's claiming that there's something awful is going on because it's not. 
And New York and Delaware chosen because they are respectively the home of Major League Baseball's offices and the uh, home state of Joseph R. Biden. This is one of the weirder stories, and they just keep getting weirder. We keep going further down this line of national debates with the facts just completely on the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. And nobody with any interest in them. It doesn't seem like it. Yeah. It's weird. Speaking of the whole uh, All-Star game and the Major League Baseball thing, the former commissioner of baseball has come out to, uh, uh, sc- uh, spraying line drives at the current. Uh, I was going for a baseball metaphor. It didn't really work. Oh, wait a second. He's throwing a brushback pitch at the current commissioner wow. over the decision to move the All-Star game. And, if I had any talent, I would have come up with that first. And Caitlyn Jenner? Suck. Caitlyn Jenner is looking at running for governor against Gavin Newsom in the recall um, is uh, talking to people about it. That's officially from a real news source, Axios. So we need to discuss oh, boy. her candidacy and her chances. Do we? We we need to? <laughs> <laughs> Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hello, my public fellow Republicans. Yay! It was easy to come out as trans. It was harder to come out as Republican. That is Caitlyn Jenner, formerly Bruce Jenner, uh, the hero athlete of my childhood who is now an elderly woman. Sported and the Prince Valiant haircut before it was cool. Wait, it's never been cool. And, Unless you're a uh, member of the Birds in 1968. And now is a leggy redhead. Um, and uh, at least according to Axios, is seriously considering running for governor in California with a recall election coming up. Well, and, we've been saying all along, the only way that lunkhead, half-wit Gavin Mussolini is going to get booted out of office in an all-blue state is if some reasonable candidate, very moderate Republican, who's also a celebrity, runs. Because that's, that's what it takes in Cal Unicornia, where logic and adulthood grow, go to die. My problem with handicapping this race is I know nothing about Caitlyn Jenner. I know quite a bit about Bruce Jenner, but nothing about Caitlyn Jenner. Um, I was much more familiar with Bruce as well. I'm not big on the celebrity shows. <sighs> Henpecked husband of a Kardashian. Um, moderate Republican, I know that. She is, is pretty conservative on a lot of issues. Okay. So, does the blue state hate Republicans more than they like the idea of having the first trans governor? I don't know. I just love putting them in that difficult position. Them being the uh, woke voters, the woke Sheviks. Of course, I don't. I don't know what she's going to run on. I don't know what her issues are going to be. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, well, well spoken uh, person. Uh, plus, I just enjoy the the craziness of it. Can chuck a discus and pole vault. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. I don't know when the last time she pole vaulted was. I <laughs> have a feeling that's the sort of thing when you're out of practice, you are out of practice. That'd be a good campaign ad, her pole vaulting. <laughs> Skirt and high heels. Still got that it. That would be interesting, yes. Yes. So speaking of sport, I promised you I'd bring you this. The former Major League Baseball commissioner, Faye Vincent. The name Faye, since we've been talking about transgender people, a little distracting. Always been a fella, still a fella. Faye Vincent came out firing shots 
throwing a fastball under the chin of the current commissioner, Rob Manfred, after Manfred made the idiotic, indefensible decision to move the All-Star game out of Atlanta after Georgia made changes to its voting law. Vincent wrote an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal. What time is it? Ah, we don't have time for the whole thing, but I'll give you a couple of snippets. Uh, he said Manford made the decision, quote, without first protesting the substance of the law. And he said Manford made a serious mistake in moving it, mostly because the All-Star game only benefits the city where the game is played, which means people working the game and local businesses around the ballpark. They're going to suffer terribly. Makes the point that Atlanta's a majority black community and the workers uh, at uh, the stadium there, majority black, whereas Denver is lily white. Vincent wrote, the players will get paid no matter where the game takes place. Major League Baseball will get the same television revenue. The only people hurt by Mr. Manfred's decision will be Atlanta's stadium workers and local vendors. And Mr. Manfred failed to spell out specific criticisms of Georgia's voting law. So now he's putting himself in the awkward position of having defend Colorado, having to defend Colorado's voting laws. And to break those down briefly, Georgia has 17 days of in-person early voting, including two optional Sundays. 17 days. Colorado has 15. Both states have photo ID requirements. Colorado requires voters to show ID when voting in person and for the first time as mail-in voters. Georgia requires almost the same, except they want it each time you have an absentee ballot, but you can use practically anything with your address on it as your ID. They're almost the same laws. It's interesting. I don't know if this story's over and people have moved on or what. Oh, I don't think so. I absolutely do not think so. Judging by our listeners, my friends, real life, nah, people are fired up. Huh. Interesting. Have you moved on? Text line 415-295-KFTZ. I don't know. Armstrong and Getty. I got one better for you. I will take you to my house, which is down the road a piece, and uh, give you $15 an hour to do yard work. Absolutely not. So I started rolling up my window that he's going to rape my uh, mother, kill my wife. Uh, uh, You know, I mean, what, because I didn't give you any dollars? I've never had no trouble until this dude shows up. Just because he's got money don't mean those homeless people don't have rights. Dateline Bradenton, Florida. Florida man accosting drivers at an intersection. But what happened next will shock you. Didn't I hear what just happened next? Oh, yeah. I guess you did. So what happened was this guy's uh, driving along in his own neighborhood, stops at the stop sign. This guy uh, reaches, he, he puts his elbows on his driver's side door Ooh. with, like, his arms into the car. No, that ain't happening with me. And said, hey, you have any money? No, that ain't happening with me. And quoting Ryan Bray, who was uh, the driver in question, lives in the neighborhood, said, no, but I have one better for you, as he just said in the clip. Uh, That's a power move. That's a, you're going you're gonna to feel intimidated by me and give me some money because you're kind of scared right now. That's what that is. Yep, yep. So this guy, Bray, who lives right down the street, says, I tell you what, I have some yard work I need done. I'll give you 15, hour, 15 bucks an hour cash to do it. And rather than being grateful and saying, wow, that's great, he said, absolutely not. But he didn't just decline the offer. Bray said, 
the panhandler started getting belligerent and cursing as he refused to actually earn some of the money, and he even went so far as to kick Bray's Jeep as he told him to leave. So Bray drove away, went home, crafted himself a little sign, and returned to the scene with a sign that said, and I, I've got a picture in front of me. We'll post the story at armstrongandgetty.com. It's a big, big uh, like he got one of those poster boards, like his kid was doing a, a project for high school. And he writes on it, I offered him $15 an hour to do yard work for me, and he refused. If we as a community stop paying them, they will leave our neighborhood. And he spent three hours along the side of the road with the vagrant, holding the sign high for all to see as the guy tried to beg passersby for money. Then uh, the guy went back to shouting various threats and all. Uh, Go ahead, let me clip 21. Set the scene. I've never had no trouble until this dude shows up. Just because he's got money don't mean those homeless people don't have rights. Yeah, that's right. You have rights. So made more threats about raping somebody and killing somebody else. Uh, and so Bray, a stubborn guy, if I've ever uh, run into one, was undeterred by the threats and said he's going to come back again and again and brought local uh, local reporter in tow. They joined the panhandler, who uh, was angry at them, trailing him, uh, saying, you can't shut me down, brother. And then he starts screaming at the reporters and the camera people and the rest of it. And then they, there's a paragraph about the plight of the homelessness. Now, that's a beggar. That's a beggar, almost certainly a junkie. Please stop giving beggars money. What is wrong with you people? Do a little, do a little research. Find the... Find out who would also agree with me that giving beggars money is a bad idea. It's a lot of lefties. It's a lot of police chiefs. It's a lot of do-gooders. I took it's a lot a, of mayors. I took a picture the other day. I tried to get it just right. There was a, a beggar outside a convenience store um, and some idiot giving them money. R- right behind them was a sign from the local police department because it says local police department on the sign, do not give beggars money. The police department doesn't want you to right. give beggars money. You're giving beggars money. You know why the guy's standing there? Because morons like you give them money. There's plenty, and it depends on the town you live in. But I know in the area I'm in, there's plenty of food for the homeless. They're not, they're not, they're not going to go thirsty or hungry. Don't worry. All thing they're going to do with that money you give them is buy lottery tickets, cigarettes, or booze. So I'm flipping to this uh, Florida publication that's covering this story, and they got a quote from Adele Eroser, who's uh, the executive director for Turning Points, a nonprofit that assists the homeless. She admitted that some people make a living off of panhandling and discouraged people from giving money to panhandlers. Wow. Quote, it's hard to tell the difference between someone who is really homeless and someone who is just out there panhandling, uh, adding advice for those who want to help the homeless. I know. According- I, am, I am actually friends with a couple of people in my life that are or have been homeless. One guy that's been homeless for a long time. And uh, they never panhandle. They never beg for money, ever. According to the executive director of a homeless organization, if you want to help, you should give money directly to organizations that are trying to help the homeless and not to those begging for money in the street. The best thing to do is if we really want to get rid of panhandlers is don't give to panhandlers, says the, the, the bleeding heart lady. As the saying goes, give a man a fish, he'll eat today, but teach a man to fish, he will eat forever. What do you do when a man has no desire to fish for himself and would rather spend his, spend his time begging for your cash instead or your catch instead? If you think these programs are underfunded, go ahead and give money to them. But don't hand change to the guy outside the convenience store standing in the median. Stop doing that. 
Yeah. It's counterproductive. Yeah. You're not helping anybody. And if it's making you feel better to do that, even though you know it's counterproductive, well, then you ought to take a look at that. It's, it's an its ego stroke. It's absolutely an ego stroke. Look at me. Look how condescending and generous I am. Look at me. Absolutely. Yeah. And we see right through you. So on a cheerier note, um, you want your family to be safe. And our friends at Simply Safe, our cherished sponsor, Simply Safe, want you to know if you have 30 minutes, you never have to worry about a break in at home again. Because that's how quick and easy it is to set up a home security system from Simply Safe. The effectiveness is, is good or better than any system you can get, but you set it up yourself easily. You, heck, you can do it while you're listening to the show. I interrupt this Simply Safe commercial to tell you this the stupidest place on the internet has been shut down. Stay tuned for details. Mm, there are to, so many stupid places. Back to Simply Safe. Yes. Uh, yeah. A week from now, if you order, you could have you and your whole family going to bed at night knowing your home is guarded by Simply Safe. You set the whole thing up in about 30 minutes. Go online, order the one that's proper for your home. Just go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong today to customize your system and get a free security camera. That's right. You get a free, really cool camera. Your customized system, 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. And if you need help from an expert on what the proper array is, they're more than happy to do that for you. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So I didn't even know about this. It's been around for quite a while. The headline is, one of the dumbest places on the Internet is ending. That's saying something. Yahoo Answers is calling it quick. (laughs) The premise was noble. The results, not so much. Yahoo announced... This week, that its Yahoo Answers feature is shutting down next month after 16 years, reports USA Today. The idea was to create an Internet forum where people could post questions and have them answered in like fashion. A community of global knowledge sharing. Yeah, yeah. it's about 16 years ago that we all thought that's what the Internet would be. We were wrong. It was like that. What was that tape we played a couple of weeks ago of near at near the dawn of the Internet? Some really thinker, really smart guy, a respected guy said, yes, this should end uh, misinformation and uh, and, uh, and and fringe political movements because everyone will have ready access to the truth and yeah, should end partisanship. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, while the Q&A forum was seen as legit in its early days, it devolved over the years into what uh, one person from BuzzFeed calls one of the dumbest places on the Internet. (laughs) Whoa, 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 whoa. At the point that BuzzFeed, the well-known cat blog, is calling you dumb, you really need to take a look in the mirror. Now, if you want to know if you successfully turned your boyfriend into a vampire or if birds have two birthdays, you'll have to look inside your heart for the answer. Now that... Yahoo questions has gone away. <laughs> that's funny. Do, Do birds, birds have, have two birthdays? Like the laying well, of the egg and then the cracking of the egg? Dumb that. question. I don't know. It is yeah, very exactly. dumb. A lot of questions became instant memes over the years, including the infamous, how is Babby formed? Um, <laughs> B-A-B-B-Y. <laughs> wow. More lately, the site has become a cesspool of conspiracy theories and outlandish questions that drag down Yahoo's brand. Mm, that's not easy to do. Yeah, wait a minute. Back to BuzzFeed calling you dumb. A man writing for CNN Business said he calls attention to a question posted on the very topic. Is Yahoo Answers being shut down because conservatives have exposed the socialist takeover of America? Um... Just why people still use Yahoo Answers is a question that probably lacks a satisfying answer, said somebody <laughs> from one publication. Um, Let's see. I really want to know the answer to a question. I'm going to pose it to a bunch of anonymous yahoos and then spend hours sorting through their idiotic answers. 
Most of them, most of whom are there just to jerk you around. Right. So Sean uh, hipped me too. I didn't know this, but I get this is one of the legendary questions. How from, is Babby formed? From ten years ago, <laughs> and it's got one of the uh, answers underneath it. So I'll read you. This is one of the most famous questions in the sixteen-year history of Yahoo Answers. Long may it answer. Has anyone really been far as decided to use even go want to do look more like? <laughs> I'm sorry, one more time? I'll read the question to you again. Yes. Has anyone really been far as decided to use even go want to do look more like? (laughs) And one of the more famous answers to that 10-year-old question was, you've got to be kidding me. I've been further even more decided to use even go need to do more look as anyone can. Can you really be even as decided half as much to use go wish for that? My guess is that one really been far even has decided once to use even go want. It is then that he has really been far even as decided to use use even go want to do look more like. It's just common sense. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's some solid internet humor. It- it still falls short of the funniest thing in the history of the internet, which oh. is the review of the uh, sugar-free uh, gummy bears. <laughs> but it's funny. <laughs> oh man, ah, the internet. <laughs> I still say unplug it, but it's, that was amusing. It's funny that at the beginning we actually did think people will have more information. There'll be fewer arguments because more people will understand what's really going on. Oh, Our politics boy. will get more fair and streamlined. You underestimate <laughs> Homo sapiens and how awful we are. Oh boy, that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what was one of one of the things that I wanted to hit you with? That's actually of importance. Hold on, just a second. Oh, um. I don't know if I want to go this direction or that direction. Let me think for one second. We do have some COVID stuff that we ought to get to because there are there are some uh, concerns that with a whole bunch of states that are now actually going up in cases that some of these variants have taken hold and are doing things that we hadn't anticipated. We should talk about that. Also um, coming up, France's illegal underground restaurants for the elite during COVID. It could be our first international uh, Gavi Award. Plus, an actual woke lesson in a high school. A transcript has been released. And a congressman touring the border. We'll talk to him live. Yeah, all that good stuff. And some more stuff that's in the bill that we passed, the $2 trillion bill recently, and this other $2 trillion bill that we're about to pass about infrastructure. All kinds of stuff on that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We're going to talk to a congressman next hour. Congressman Tom McClintock, R of California, who's been to the border and been uh, following the whole situation to the extent that you're allowed to see anything. It is a nightmare on the border right now. So where do you start with the package that just passed in Congress and then the one that is going to pass and then other things that are being uh, talked about be, about being in there. Uh, I liked this on the project that they're currently working on getting through the infrastructure package. You got to use finger quotes or something. I don't want to play along with the narrative. Yeah. Uh, Peter Baker of the New York Times tweeted out yesterday: "Roads and bridges, everyone would agree, count as infrastructure. But what about home health care for the elderly or disabled? 
Biden legislation pushes the definition of infrastructure and starts a debate about what qualifies. And then this economist economist from a think tank said, I mean, it starts a debate, but not one that makes any sense. If someone says that Wright said Fred was as important to music as the Beatles, that would start a debate, too. But at some point, you got to call a spade a spade. <laughs> Wait a minute. Whatever think tank he's a part of, I want to start subscribing to their newsletter. Wright said Fred, of course, fa- uh, famous for what, Sean? I'm too sexy. I'm yeah. too sexy for my shirt. shirt. Oh, um, too sexy yeah, for yeah, my shirt. Things. <laughs> yeah, he's too sexy for many things. Yeah, the shirt was just one of the things he was too sexy but for. But how about that from the New York Times? You know, uh, whether or not home health care for the elderly and disabled counts as infrastructure is an interesting debate. Well, all right, you're just changing words to mean different things. That's all you're doing. Right. So, and I don't, this one, I don't know if this is in the package that just passed or that the one that they're talking about passing, but it's um it's gotten some attention is the amount of money that's going out to uh, households with kids. Biden's child allowance will boost household income by $101 billion this year. Just $36 billion would go to households in poverty. Supporters have characterized the program as a boon to the poor, but it's really a program, mostly, I mean, just the numbers, 70% of it's for the middle class. So yeah, it's... it's- it's clearly a measure to get middle-class families addicted to government money so they will continually vote for the people who are providing it it's to them. It's just wealth redistribution. Just, yeah. we, we, mm-hmm. we have s- several giant packages in a row that are just going to plain be wealth redistribution. Yeah, I am going to get you addicted to the heroin of government money, and I will have the same power over you that a dealer has over an addict. And then if, say, a Republican came along and says, hey... This is not only indefensible on a moral level, but we're spending ourselves into bankruptcy. You will say what a friggin' junkie would say. I don't know about that, man. I just need that money. It's insidious. It's obvious. You don't need to have spent several years of your life studying political science to figure that out. It's Come on. It's common sense. And then I like this guy from uh, NBC News tweeted this out yesterday. Hey, I'm working on a story for NBC News about how $50,000 of student loan forgiveness could change people's lives. If you uh, if it would affect you and you'd like to talk, please DM me or email me. Um, to which uh, Jonah Goldberg responded, yeah, if you can send stories that defend my prior uh, conclusion, I would love to see them, which is really what the NBC guy is looking for, I assume. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting that some of the immediate responses were more in line with my thinking on that. Hi, Ben. I lived with, within my means and paid off my student loan debt I agreed to take on in the form of a written contract. Let me know if you'd like to talk to someone like me. That's good. Also, That's good. you should also ask to talk to people that couldn't go or chose not to go to college and take on that debt. See how they feel about paying off other people's loans, people that are probably making two or three times as much money. And also, like the fourth response uh, to that guy's uh, tweets was, $50,000 would have allowed me to sit on my couch and watch videos and drink beer during college instead of working three jobs at 60 hours a week. Wow, that's good stuff. So it's Powerful. Gonna be, it's going to be interesting to see how that lands. The media portrays it as overwhelmingly popular, but that's probably because there's a whole bunch of people in, you know, on your cable news shows that are 20-somethings with student loan debts. Well, and if you ask people, would you like us to give you money, you're going to get a hell of a lot of yeses, as, as we were just discussing, at least tangentially. The other thing that makes me crazy, I know it makes you crazy too, Jack, about this discussion is, so you have these kids who run up just enormous amounts of debt. 
this is college. Let's say it's a car. The average car is $110,000. It was only $30,000 like 15 years ago. But you got kids, uh, young people running up enormous car debts. Nobody ever asks, hey, why are cars so expensive all of a sudden? Nobody even wants to address the fact that colleges and universities in the U.S. right now are gigantic, bloated bureaucracies with luxurious dorms and the rest of it. And and there's no reason the distribution of knowledge should cost more than a few bucks. Or even, okay, you want to spend $5,000 a year and have like a really great tutor, a really great uh, go-to person, like tech support for learning. Fine, that's great, whatever. But the idea that it could cost you fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year to suck in some of the knowledge that's readily available practically everywhere, there's just there's no defense for that. Right, and if you do bail people out, then that that will just make sure that it's going to continue uh, on the path that it's been on. Right, which I believe is a uh, priority of the left because they have the never-ending loyal vote of uh, the academia and the university systems. So, no, they don't want to tear that that bloated behemoth down. They want to prop it up. It's such a non-progressive notion, though, to make the working class pay the expensive college bills of the class that goes to college. Oh, you know what? That reminds me. There was a fairly prominent mayor in America just announced that he was leaving the Democratic Party. And one of the things he said, is that the Democratic Party is becoming increasingly the party of the educated elite, and the Republican Party is the working-class blue-collar party. So we can get into that in a little bit. That shift is definitely happening. Uh, We're going to talk to a congressperson that's been at the border in Hour 3. Armstrong and Getty.